Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I interview Julio Maria, who is from Mozambique. He speaks English incredibly well, far better than most Mozambicans I ever met. And he has some great insights because he's also spent a lot of time in other parts of Africa, not to mention other parts of the world outside of Africa. I only knew the northern part of Mozambique, so it was great to hear his perspective on the entire country. We talk about the, the pros, the cons, the pretty sides, the ugly sides about the Mozambique experience. So I hope it inspires you to go to this beautiful country in the southeast corner of Africa. This podcast is sponsored by patreon.com slash ftapon. My patrons there have been generous in supporting me, but they also get rewards for that support. In other words, you get some amazing rewards for as little as $2 a month. So go check it out. And now... Julio. The summary of who you are and how you came to be on this planet Earth that we are on. <laughs> sure. So I was born in Mozambique in the north of the country in a small town called Nampula. Um, my parents are both from there, but they're quite mixed in terms of their uh, background. I lived there till I was, I finished my high school. Then I went to a university degree in the center of the country. Uh, I stayed there for five years and then I traveled to Maputo and I've been living there for the last four years while still traveling um, the continent and other um, continents as well. Okay. And how did you end up in South Africa? So I came here to service a client. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I have a knowledge consultancy company and I'm a power coach, facilitator and speaker. And I came here to do an amazing work with a client on design thinking and design service. In some ways, almost half, maybe more than half the content is an entrepreneur in, the, in, the, in a very simple sense, in the sense that uh, you'll see constantly women and men, you know, selling mangoes on the street and, you know, they're taking things, uh, you know, they're selling whatever on the street. I mean, literally in the highway when there's a ghost slow, like n no moving traffic, you know, people will be selling stuff. So almost everybody is an entrepreneur on the one hand. On the other hand, being a quote unquote classic entrepreneur, like we think of entrepreneurs in the high income countries, somebody yeah. like you who actually has a business and has employees and that kind of stuff. That is actually much harder to do in Africa, it seems, from my perspective, yeah. than it is in the United States. Is that a fair assessment? Actually, it is. So the majority of economy in Africa is informal in almost every right. country. Um, and really, it's what drives the entire continent's economy and really makes sure that people have food in their tables in the end of the day. And then most of the constraints around having a formalized businesses comes down to the formalization cost being super high on one hand. And on the other hand, the entire process on how to formalize a business not being quite clear for everyone involved in the chain. And the last one goes really down on around having the sort of socials and soft skills around creating a really a real business that's sort of like it's way beyond being a freelancer or a solopreneur. It's around, you know, having employees and having processes in places. Right. And so I think you hit the nail on the head. You called it solo per, solo preneur. Preneur. Yeah. yeah. And that's what so many Africans are. Exactly. Right? Uh, and I think you hit it on the head as well. It's that formalization process. It's the incorporation. It's getting all the legal requirements out of the way. It's dealing with the corruption and having to navigate that as well. I imagine that's was really hard. Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you started your company. 
Yeah, in my case, I actually, my first business, I co-founded with a friend who worked in this. He was already an entrepreneur, so he knew the process, so it made it super easy. And then I joined an ecosystem builder company in Mozambique, where it's all about supporting organizations to be more active within the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So I got a pretty nice understanding around what does it take to formalize a business in Mozambique. And with that, sort of like my network had expanded, and I knew sort of like... Um, influential people in the area, so they make super easy for me. But then when we look around, you know, the cost of formalizing a business in Mozambique, we're in around $1,000 for the most basic registration process you can have. Um, and the process might take up to from one month all the way to three months to formalize. And I'm not talking about big corporations or anything. Uh, if you see an entrepreneur that's really just trying to make ends meet, there is no really point about being a formal business, right? But then if you're growing more into the sort of entrepreneurship value chain, you want to get legal compliance, like fully legal compliance, if you want to be able to do business with governments or other big organizations. But that's not what most people are looking for. Right. And $1,000 may not sound like a lot of money for some people in the United States, but that is a lot of money in Mozambique. It is. I mean, the basic salary, the minimum wage, it's around $100. Or so. Uh, you're talking about per month. Per month in Mozambique. Right. Right. It's right, hundred and twenty dollars, right, right. so, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so right, for you to right. accumulate a thousand dollars to formalize a business that you don't even know if it's going to give you the return of the investment, it's a huge risk that people don't often feel compelled to take. Right. And of course that thousand dollars, that's just administrative costs. In other words, it's not like you're investing in telephone equipment or no. inventory or all the stuff that really actually raises value because when you spend a thousand dollars paying a government fee that doesn't bring in any customers <laughs> absolutely and i think right. most of the governments in africa they're sort of aware of it and they're creating more of simplified registration processes quite way more cheaper and really to make sure that the people that you mentioned you know they're selling on the streets um, they actually have some sort of legal framework to operate and not be as informal because the main risk of being informal is that you know you're not paying social security uh, you're not really catering for your future and it's something that most governments are aware of um, and really trying um, to find like a middle ground between those those spaces but it's not always easy and that ends this episode of the wander learn podcast where we explore travel technology and transformation if you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.